0: Hey,
1: man, man. Broadcasting from the Cruise Radio studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio.
0: Hey,
2: I'm Matt Basford,
0: and I'm Doug Parker.
2: Check out our new website, CruiseRadio.net. On this show, we'll get a review of the Carnival Dream from listeners Scott and Jeannie Spradlin. But first, Stuart here on the Cruise Guys. Here, hello, Stuart. Hey,
1: Matt. Hey, Doug.
2: Hey man, so today NCL cut the steel for the new project
0: breakaway ship. Now, for the folks who don't know, what does cutting the steel signify, and how awesome are these ships going to be?
1: Well, it's it's interesting. I was actually there when the first piece of steel was cut at the Steam Shipyard back in March of 2010 for Celebrity Silhouette. So it's a pretty pretty cool experience when you know the the, the president of the company stands there with the the, the president of the shipyard to press the button and. In uh, a room on the other side, the very first piece of steel for the ship is cut by a laser. And it's, it's a pretty, pretty cool moment when you start to see that laser cutting, you know, the, the very first pieces of, of steel for the ship. It's pretty exciting.
2: Cardinal Corporation earnings came out for the third quarter, and European numbers were down a little bit. Uh, what does this mean for the consumer?
1: Well, it really doesn't mean anything. Uh, it does mean that the cruise passengers collectively did pay more uh, for their cruise fares that uh, Carnival Corporation and their brands of Carnival Cruise Line, uh, Holland America, Princess, Canard, Costa, Aida, and uh, others um, actually fared pretty well. The North American brands had uh, revenue yields uh, that were up 6%, while the European, Asia, and Australian brands uh, were actually down 2%. But it just means, look, the, the the ships are sailing full. They're getting healthy yields. Uh, the ships are selling well, which is which is certainly a, a good sign. And um, but what one thing that they did note that the booking window is is really a little closer in uh, to sailing, but uh, the outlook is is very strong.
0: Cool. Well, speaking of Carnival, Carnival Breeze floated out of the shipyard uh, over in Italy on Tuesday. What features will we see on this new ship from Carnival?
1: Well, this is the third. Dream class ship, so it's just like uh, Carnival Dream, which is in Orlando, uh, you know, Port Canaveral, mm-hmm. and uh, Carnival Magic, which just debuted this year. Uh, she'll be 130,000 tons. Uh, she will have the, the the highest capacity. She'll be at 3,690 passengers, but she'll have you know the same features. And uh, I know you enjoyed the the beer pub, Doug, and yes. uh, I'm sure it's uh, I'm sure they'll have a, a little bit more next year. Uh, in anticipation of your arrival. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it, it's the third and final uh, ship of the Carnival Dream Series.
0: Princess Cruises announced their 2012-2013 Caribbean and Panama sailing schedule this week, and it seems a lot of ships are going to be based in Port Everglades. So with so many ships based in Port Everglades, does that translate into deals for the consumers?
1: It's a, it's a good question. The, the main difference is instead of having a ship, based, you know, Caribbean princess based in San Juan, the ship is actually going to be uh, doing, uh, the sh- you know, they're going to have a ship out of Fort Lauderdale that's actually going to be doing uh, seven-night uh, Eastern and Southern Caribbean from Fort Lauderdale. Uh, so there will be, essentially it's pretty much the same amount of ships, uh, Emerald doing the, the ten-night Eastern and Southern. We'll have Grand Princess doing Eastern and Southern. Um, and the, the main difference here is that Crown is going to be moving from Fort Lauderdale and she will be uh, sailing out of Galveston, Texas. Hmm. So they just moved, um, moved some things around, but it's, it's pretty much a similar uh, deployment.
0: Now, I understand you have video of someone water skiing behind a cruise ship. Is that true?
1: You know, Doug, we've been joking about this for years with new ship innovations. You know, uh, you know the zip line was a joke back in 2005. And uh, you know they, they did put it on uh, Oasis of the Seas when she debuted in '09, and Allure on, in 2010. Um, someone really you know took took it upon themselves. So uh, one of the uh, Aida ships, uh, they they actually had a, a crew, and they, they filmed the very first person waterskiing behind the cruise ship. So it, it's pretty cool. So people should really uh, you know go to uh, you know go to your website. I know there's a link there. And, and take a look. It's, it's pretty cool watching a, a, a person sail behind a cruise ship. <laughs> and, and, of course, uh, you know the, the, the coin and float-out of Carnival Breeze is also going to be on the website.
0: All in the show notes.
1: Thank you, Stewie. <laughs> Thanks, guys. This is Cruise Radio.
2: For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying.
3: I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now.
2: Each episode, we give you Porthole Cruise Magazine's Pick of the Week. If you're cruising from or calling on Boston this weekend, you'll be
0: joining tens of thousands of music lovers who will be visiting the city for its 11th annual Berkeley Beantown Jazz Festival, September 23rd through 25th.
2: City streets will be filled with the sounds of jazz, Latin, blues, and other music genres, as the outdoor festival includes ticketed concerts, musical performances, and Boston's biggest block party on Saturday, which features three stages with performances by more than 15 artists plus plenty of family activities and vendor booths. Now this year, the Saturday festival celebrates global music and nature which will feature musical styles and artists from around the world. Find out more at beantownjazz.org. From St. Louis, Missouri, happy to have listeners Scott and Jeannie Spradlin with us. They recently went aboard the Carnival Dream on a seven-night Eastern Caribbean cruise. Welcome, guys. Uh, First, I want to talk about Port Canaveral's new park and cruise service. How was that?
4: Well, as a driver going in, it was really easy. We pulled right in into the little garage. Uh, It was covered from the sun. We had a place to uh, unload our bags, and they loaded the bags and us up on the, a van right there and sent us right down to the port. So the, the parking crews getting there was really easy. I would definitely do it again.
0: How was embarkation down there at Port Canaveral? Pretty smooth?
3: I thought it went smooth. It, the only, my only thing was this was the only time that we've been in a line that was so long that we stood outside waiting for part of the um, embarkation line before we could get inside. Um, with, there at the port. Um, any, every other port we've ever cruised out of we did all of our waiting inside the building and this time we had a a line outside the building. But it was in the shade and they kept it moving pretty quickly.
2: Very good. What are you, were your first impressions of the public areas?
4: My first impression was there's a lot of people here. Yeah. Uh, we went straight to the Lido deck which is what we usually try to do. Go up there and get a lunch and kind of hang out for a while. And we had to walk quite a ways the, the ship's pretty long we had to walk quite a ways to find yeah. a place to sit and, and eat. Uh, everything was clean and it was wide. there was a lot of uh, space to move around. there's a lot of people but you didn't feel really crammed in so um, the, the atrium is beautiful you know most of them are, but this one was especially beautiful I thought and um, I really enjoyed the way they uh, had the ship laid out. It just felt like there was there was room Uh, Every night or every day that we were walking somewhere, there was always room, and it wasn't, uh, even though there was 4,000 people on board, you really weren't crammed up all that much.
0: Well, speaking of carpets and bathrooms, how were the staterooms on the ship?
3: Um, We had a tidal room that we had never tried before across the very front of the ship. Um, It was an inside category with an obstructed view, so it really wasn't an inside, um, and we were tickled pink with it. We were on deck six. There was just a few feet from our door. There was a a, uh, door that we could go out and enjoy this front-facing deck that looked out. It was really nice being able to do that, leaving port, and uh, as we pulled in the port to be able to see as we were pulling in and out, and we, we just really enjoyed the room. It was very spacious, and we loved the room.
2: How was the entertainment, you know, both uh, in the public areas, and I don't know if you saw any shows?
3: They had a new show. Um, It was kind of a country-western themed show that they did that was new, was not one that we had seen before. I have a, we've cruised just enough that I tend to avoid shows that I know I've seen before on other ships. Even if it's different entertainers, I know they're doing the same routine, so I generally avoid them. But they had a new one that was kind of a country-western slash um, a little bit of patriotic at the end, kind of a theme, and that was very enjoyable, very well put together. Everybody that worked the show was very talented.
0: Ginny, I heard you know a little bit about Carnival's Players Club in the casino. Did you at least win anything?
3: I brought home a little over eight hundred dollars. Wow. Cool. So, it wasn't big, but it wasn't little either.
0: So, a lot of our listeners may not know this, but if you reach a certain amount of points, I believe it's 1,500 points in Carnival's Players Club, you actually get to drink for free in the casino. Now, Jeannie, did you get to drink for free at all?
3: No, I didn't. No. I only earned about 1,200. Scott earned the drink for free point. The trick on waiting for whenever you get to that uh, that magical 1,500
4: points is uh, you have to wait for somebody to come around. You have to be playing in a machine first. Mm-hmm. You have to wait for the server to come by to give you your drink, then you have to wait for the drink to be delivered. So there's kind of a you know thirty minute round trip between drinks there. So you can't drink a lot.
2: <laughs> oh well. It's free
4: if you do any kind of gambling at all on the in the casino on the ships and spend any amount of money, make sure you use your sales sign card whenever you're playing, because that keeps track of how much you've actually spent with them, and it's going to what they call their points. Um, but the the interesting thing about having these points is there's not so much getting the free drinks or anything, but you can earn perks on your next cruise.
3: You can contact Carnival Players Club through email or 800 number, and they were able to look up our history, which goes back two years on how much we've gambled over the Mm. ship. Um, When I called, we were entitled to a deluxe package delivered to our room. So when we got to our room, we had a basket with fruit and cheese in it, And a bottle of wine and two of their large bottles of water, which which they normally charge for. Those were all delivered free to our room, compliments of the Players Club. We also got a coupon for $15 towards a photograph while we were on the ship. And I've read around that there are different amounts that are offered. I let the people that we were traveling with know about this 800 number. They've got things like um, chocolate-covered strawberries delivered to their room and photo coupons delivered. There some people have even received money towards gambling on the next time they're on the cruise. They just automatically start you with, you know, here's $50 towards gambling. One person I read about, they were given 500 points.
2: See, it pays to gamble. What would you think about the food?
3: Overall, um, I enjoyed the food. Um, one of... My concerns before we got on the ship was this being the biggest ship that we've been on and the crowds that we would deal with and had heard all kinds of bad things about the lines in there. Um, And on the Dream, they go to... They make sure there's lots of different stations. If you're trying to get to the Lido Buffet, it gets bogged down, but if you are... They let you know that there are other areas, and we didn't discover one area that they offer as an alternative for dining until the very last day. And they, in their adult-only serenity area, they offer a box lunch that you can go up to the bar and ask for a bar box lunch, and they have a sandwich and some chips and some veggies and some dip, and they've just got two or three different kinds of sandwiches back there already as a box lunch, so you can stay in the, that serenity area and enjoy that there instead of having to trek to the other end of the ship where all the buffets and stuff are. Um, and they've if once you figured out where all these alternative areas were to go and eat, it made eating much easier on the ship than the first day.
0: <laughs> were, were those box lunches, were those like complimentary?
3: Yes.
4: Oh, wow. One go- thing that I'd like to add to, about the food is they've kind of changed the menus this year at Carnival. And they've added more of what they call the comfort food, like fried chicken and meatloaf. And, right. Uh, what was the other one, Jeannie? But, uh, hamburgers. Yeah, hamburgers, yeah. So we were kind of concerned that they were lowering the bar of the food a little bit you know, before we went. And lo and behold, probably two-thirds of the people at our table ordered that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that food every <laughs> single meal. <laughs> right. So we think it's going to be a popular choice probably for people.
0: Since this was a seven-night Eastern Caribbean cruise, what did you think about the ports?
4: Well, the ports of call that we had on the Eastern itinerary for the Dream were uh, were Nassau, which we've been to before, but um, uh, as you know, the straw market is kind of being revamped, so we got to go to the temporary straw market, and that was, that was a lot of fun. Huh. My favorite port was St. Martin, of course, because we got to go down the, the beach where... Uh, where they filmed that, that famous scene in Speed 2 where the, the cruise ship crashes into the city. And, right. Uh, um, we, got, we got to see that, and our, our cabbie told us all about it, and uh, he was hanging around while they shot the movie, so that was kind of fun. So we also went to St. Thomas, and that's always a beautiful place to go. Um, we had great weather, and I love the scenery there. You really can't miss on, on any of the ports of call on that, that itinerary.
2: Well, uh, so the cruise wraps up. How was disembarkation?
3: I thought it went very smooth. Getting off the ship went very well, making it that was probably the easiest trip through customs and locating our suitcases and getting out that we've had in a very long time.
4: We had a late breakfast and uh, stayed up on the Lido deck until they called our number. And as soon as they did, we just took it easy and went downstairs, you know, kind of at a normal pace. By the time we got downstairs, our luggage was uh, on the carousel waiting for us grabbed their luggage there was one person in line in front of us in customs and we scooted that right out and caught our parking cruise guy and it was uh, probably one of the easiest uh, debarkations that i think we've ever had
0: so do you have any tips for those first-time travelers on carnival dream
3: i think my my biggest first-timer tip is to look at all the alternative dining areas don't think um, especially on the first day when you get on the ship Don't think that you have to just head up to Lido. That's where Carnival has traditionally funneled everybody to Lido. Our habit in the past has been to head to the Lido deck and grab a hamburger when we first get on the ship. Um, That area was so crowded we couldn't get to that area. We went back to found the Tandoori Grill at the back of the ship. But there's the Tandoori Grill back there. There's uh, the pasta bar area that is up stairs above the Lido Buffet, Um, and those are available on the day of embarkation. Then there's also, on your sea days, they have barbecue on the Lanai, and that's another option, that's another place to eat. Like I mentioned earlier, they had the box lunches in the Serenity area Mm -hmm. that was, if you wanted to stay there and just enjoy that area, that was an option there, too. And if you are aware of that and spread out and go to those different areas, it makes you know, it will make your cruise a lot more enjoyable than trying to crowd everybody into that Lido buffet.
4: I think Scott I'd like brought up- to add also that maybe um, since they're trying to load so many people on the ship at one time, either try to get there early or try to get there just past the, the that big group right in the middle. You know, because that's where the bulk of the people are. So if you can beat them or come in a little bit after them, you'll skip some of those lines in the in port.
0: I think you brought up a good uh, a good tip too earlier, Scott, when you said to hang out in the Lido area until they call your number, and so you're not waiting in the stairwell or whatever.
4: Yeah, don't try to don't try to cheat the system because you know there's people sitting downstairs in the lobby of the uh, of the thing ready to go, and they're just clogging up, you know, <laughs> clogging up the works. Yeah. So just wait, relax, you know, have some food and some drinks upstairs. Just wait till they call your number. If everybody did that, you know, you'd get out of there incredibly fast.
2: Listeners Scott and Jeannie Spradlin from St. Louis, thank you so much for sharing your experience about the dream there. We appreciate it. Awesome, thank you guys. Hope to see you on a cruise someday. Dream my dream
1: my oh. Have a question for the experts, or would you like to talk about your cruise or vacation experience, good or bad? Email comments at cruiseradio.net.
3: Have you been dreaming lately about a romantic tropical cruise to the Caribbean?
0: One. Or how about a breathtaking scenic cruise to Alaska? Cruise
3: One. Or how about the Mexican Riviera? Or Cancun? Cancun. Or New England? Or Canada? Or Italy? Or Greece? Or the
2: Far East? Or, or how about a cruise, cruise around, around the whole world? Cruise one. i One. Got a dream vacation for you. Cruise One. send you on your way. Cruise One. Number one in cruising cruise nationwide. Cruise one. One has more than 550 cruise specialists nationwide ready to help you plan your dream cruise. And speaking with a local Cruise One expert is as easy as calling toll free 1 800 Cruise and the number one. That's 1 800 Cruise One or find us online at CruiseOne.com. Number one in cruising
3: nationwide one. yeah, one.
2: All right, that's going to do it. Again, we urge you to check out the new and improved site, Cruiseradio.net. Lots of thorough cruise news right there on the homepage. And if you want to stay on top of the very latest, just enter your email address under where it says instant email updates.
0: And don't forget about the Stitcher Radio Network. Yep, we're on there and you can take Cruise Radio on the go if you download the free app to your smartphone. Check out the Stitcher Radio logo,
2: cruiseradio.net. From the Cruise Radio Studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Matt Basford. And I'm Doug Parker. And this is Cruise Radio.
1: Thanks for listening to Cruise Radio. For information on how your company can reach over 100,000 travel
2: enthusiasts a week, email sales at cruiseradio.net. Find Cruise Radio on iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Just search Cruise
1: Radio. I'm your announcer.